Hello and welcome to the 115 Fouls FPL podcast, the newest fantasy football podcast that brings you all the stats, advice and laughs each week in FPL. I'm Steve. I'm Johnny. And today we'll be looking ahead to game week 18 as well as catching you all up on how we've been getting on so far this season. Johnny and I have been playing fantasy football against each other for 11 seasons now, and what we lack in expertise, we more than make up for in competitiveness. First though, let's bring in Johnny properly. Johnny, how are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Good to hear. Uh, Before we get into it, we should probably mention the fact we're recording this podcast on Sunday evening, and at the moment with uh, a certain virus that's knocking about, we don't know what's going to happen with a couple of fixtures. So if you listen to this um, later in the week, Tuesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, quite frankly what you've been doing, but uh, take it with a pinch of salt. First of all, Johnny, um, do you want to explain why we're called the 115 Fouls FPL podcast? Yeah, of course. Um, And to be clear, we are a 115 Fouls podcast, because when I explained this to my my other half, she asked me why we were called the 115 Fouls. Which, uh, which, which, you know, it's easy to explain in some senses, but harder in others. Um, we are not an equestrian theme podcast. We are a fantasy football podcast. Um, we're, basically, no, we are a- we're basically like the uh, the the Mourinho's little horse of podcasts, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we're, we're 150 pals. Um, and look, it, it's it's named after the big man Kevin Davis, um, who in the 10-11 season managed to. Chalk up 115,000 in a single Premier League season for Bolton Wanderers. Look, Kev, I'm really sorry. I don't know how many goals you got that year. Um, but this uh, our, our league is a testament to you. This, this podcast is a testament to you. Um, it's, it, it's all our love. But that's we are 115,000 based on Kevin Davis. And, and look, Kev, we hope one day you'll come and join us for a chat. Yeah, I, uh, I echo those sentiments. I hopefully, I mean, the, the main ambition of this podcast is really just at some point interview kevin davis essentially isn't it um absolutely and you know he's like well known for his uh that spell at uh, bolton where you know he was prolific in his uh, in his fouling but he's also um played for a premier league winning club uh in his career um he hasn't won the premier league but you know he's he's uh played for the mighty blackburn rovers and um, I think we should all just appreciate the fact that he's, you know, he made it to the top at, at one point. It's great. It's better than that England cap that he got, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, it depends where you look at it. I suppose if I was, I was, I was a big Kev, I'd be like proud of the fact that, you know, I played for a country that won the World Cup. But, you know, over the Premier League, probably a higher testament. But, you know, either, either way, it's a, it's a big one, right? Too big a gap, mate. It's also like, you know, 66 to what, like 2013. It's, uh, it's, just, it's just too big a gap, you know. I think like Blackburn won the league in 95. You know, he, he was playing for us in the, in the 2000s. It's, 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 you know, he that was a that was sort of like, you know, the prime of his career, really, if we're being honest. It, the fact that he was overlooked for England at that point is just, uh, it's, it's obscene. Absolutely obscene. Look, big Kev, massive fan. Love your work, but also love your fouls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we do love Kev's fouls. Uh, and that's just a you know, brief glimpse into the sort of statistics that we're going to be offering uh, through the Durationist podcast. You know, uh, if, if, if you're after um, the real insight, this is where it's at. So uh, with that in mind, John, um, so tell us a bit about uh, you as a fantasy football player. Right. I am ambitious. <laughs> I am tenacious. <laughs> I am tenacious, um, and I and I'm a staunch uh, 
competitor, but um, but I am also mediocre uh, in results. But look, I uh, I don't think I've got the best returns over the course of a full year. But I'm not the guy that does five weeks, has a has that bad time fit, and then just forgets about it. I make mean, my transfers every week. I talk about it all the time. I love it. I just haven't returned many uh, many good podium finishes. Let's say. Do you know your best ever fantasy football finish? I don't, uh, but I get a feeling you're going to tell me. Oh, I am. I absolutely am. Um, so your best ever finish in fantasy football so far uh, is 440,000 overall, which is, um, you know, out of 7.5 million is, is, is admirable. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, mm. it's fine. Um, but you're doing significantly better this season. Like, how, how are you getting on? Uh, I, th- I think I'm sneaking inside the top 30,000 this year. Um, but we have got a lot, a lot of season left to go. But I think, I think I'm twenty nine something or other. Yeah, you are twenty nine thousand six hundred and fifty two overall. Um, you've been skirting though. Generally, you've had a couple of bad game weeks the last couple of game weeks, but you've been skirting around the ten thousand mark for most of the season. So it's been, you know, a huge improvement. Um, it's it's quite admirable, really. You know, it's a it's a big step up. I've got Claudio Ranieri in my corner. This is Leicester's year again. I'm coming through. Um, <laughs> well, as we shall see. As mentioned at the top of the show, we've been doing this for eleven years. Johnny's never won our mini league, um, and uh, he, he's he's hoping this will be the be the first time. Um, and if you're curious, there's not many people in that league. There, there isn't. Um, there's there's, all, there's, <laughs> there's only been there's only been three winners in those eleven seasons, uh, and uh, I have taken down seven of them, uh, which brings me on to uh, to my uh, my statistics. I'm um, Currently, 6,173 overall. Uh, my best finish in historically has been 15,983, so I'm actually doing better than usual at this season. So it's been a slight change of, of, of tactics for me, and we can, we'll can we talk about that as the, uh, as the podcast goes on. But it, yeah, it's, it's been a good year so far, and I think there's a, there's a reason this season has, has benefited a certain type of manager and the way they play. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's strange you say that, though, because I, I don't think I'm doing that bad this year. But, like, you and I could not play this game more differently. Yeah, no, we, we definitely do. So, go, yeah, go, explain, explain how, you play, how you play the game, John. I'm not really a stat guy. Um, the concept of picking a player on XG is not something I do at all. It's mostly based on watching football. I'm a massive football fan. My, my United fan, for my sins, uh, growing up in a small town... Not close to Manchester tends to breed that. Um, I, I watch a lot of football and, and I make my picks based on the players performing that I think are going to get me points. Um, that, that, is, that is it, basically. Uh, talking about football, watching football, uh, it steers, steers, my, steers my, my, my choices, really. Um, I know that others look at a lot of the stats and stuff, but it's never, never been something that I've invested my time in. Well, I think that's, that, that's interesting you say that, because I, I, I've historically been um, a player that plays the game both kind of through sight because I, I watched an incredible amount of football as well since I was a very young person. This year I, I've adopted a much more statistical based approach to it, seeing that I was sort of flailing a little bit um, compared to some of my better finishes uh, in the past. So like I, you know, I, I've I've got seven top hundred k finishes, but they're they're not getting into the area that I want to be. So I've tried to take a different approach. It's it's working at the moment, but I'm 
in terms of yeah, why that's let, the case. let's just talk about less about why you're better than me. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> Look, John, I've got to get the, I've got to get the brags in there early on so people understand, you know, what this is. The big thing to talk about uh, next is um, we've we've obviously starting a starting a podcast in the middle of the season, um, which is is a bit odd. So let's talk about the scene so far, and uh, why don't you name your top three picks? of the season who've who've garnered your points or you just have just been good value fantasy Premier League players? I think I'll start with the guy that he's one of the three players that I've had from the start, which is uh, which is James Justin. Um, I think pre-season there was probably three players being considered in that 4.5 category and it was him, Walker Peters and Vinagre and out of the three of them he's, he's probably... Probably the best pick, uh, definitely over Vinagre, given he's, he's not there anymore, he's on loan, I think. Um, but yeah, I think he's, he's, he's sort of held down his position in that team. And, and look, there's some pending issues with Ricardo coming back on that side, but like generally he's just been a real good asset uh, into my team. Did something I'd never done this year, played my wildcard second week, um, and, and got Dominic Carver-Lewin in, um, which so I missed the first week of him, but had every other week since. I think those numbers speak for themselves. Uh, so I won't labour on that point too much, even though his form's dwindled off recently. And then, and then, and probably, probably strangely, I think I'm going to answer this with, a, with an obvious player, really. But like, I swapped Abemiang for Salah in game week two. Um, pretty happy with that decision, really. Um, but I know it took a few others a little bit longer, but it was definitely a bit more of a, a testament to some of my earlier points that were coming through. Interesting. I, I mean, I've got like sort of similar picks, really. In, in a sense, because I guess our teams have, have mirrored each other, but um, like I, I, I've had Tala since game week one, I've had DCL since game week one, like DCL is, is one of my top three picks so far, even again, that he's not in my team anymore, um, I got rid of him on wildcard in game week 16 for Bamford, uh, I have just have had Justin since game week one as well, but I think uh, outside of that, Hyungmin Son has been sort of the, yeah. I've, I've kept him in my side throughout this whole season, barring one week where I transferred him out because Mourinho said he wasn't fit and he played against Man United and scored massively. But barring that, he's um I've had every single um haul from him so far and he's been he's been a massive impact in terms of my side um and getting points. But I was also maybe one of the the sort of early uh hitters on Fernandez from United, um, who got him in at a time when he just started scoring points and that even though everyone has him now, it was uh, it was important to get him in at that time, and I, I, with keeping Son in my team as well and Salah. So the next thing to talk about is this week coming up. So we've got um, a blank game week, which for those of you who don't know, is a is a game week that has less than the prescribed ten fixtures that usually come with each fantasy football week. Um, so we've got. Uh, six fixtures at the moment. There's a there's a potential for there to be less depending on uh, fixture cancellations. Um, we ended up getting an extra game week because uh, Manchester United Burnley was added in uh, quite late on in uh, the scheduling. I know this already, but yeah, we 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 both um, we both played our free hits this week, Johnny, uh, which I think has yeah. been a part of a, like a long term plan. But do you want to explain why? That was. Did you did you have it in your head that this was always going to be the case, or did you um did you work towards it, or did did it just happen that you didn't have enough players to play, so you had to? <laughs> S -s -s Steve, you, you, honestly, the fact that you think I don't have a plan 
after all these years is justified. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but for the first year ever, it was planned. Uh, it's probably the third season in a row where there's been a game week where there's like five or six games going on. And I wasn't initially planning for um, the game week after that, which had loads of double game weeks in, but I always would say, I was always saving my free hit for the inevitable week that, that, that comes where there's just less around. And inevitably I've been building my team towards a situation where it has as many people as it can um, for the double game week, which means I've got a lot less playing this week, hence the free hit. So um, probably more planning than ever, actually. Um, but, 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 a fair, but a fair question. <laughs> Definitely based on previous. <laughs> I have points. to ask John. It's my. It's my. It's yeah, now my right, job. Apparently, right. that's uh, that's that's the idea. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I've had a. I say I, I mentioned earlier that I, I play my wild card in game week sixteen, the latest that you could possibly play your first wild card, and um, with a view to this week as a free hit. And um, actually, just as a kind of caveat to that, it's it's backfired a little bit because. Um, I was working towards the double game week and having a team that was um, basically all double game week based um, for that week. But then there was the uh, Man City versus Aston Villa fixture added in to that game week. And it's meant that I haven't really got enough Villa or City players um, in my side. So that, it's, a, it's, it's a weird thing at the moment going on with like long-term planning in FPL is, is, is a is a really dangerous uh, proposition because we just don't know uh, with a lot of fixtures being cancelled. Um, if you're interested in uh, getting that information and, and knowing somebody who's in the know, um, go to Twitter at Ben Krellin, who is uh, the spreadsheet master who knows everything there is to know about when a game week might be. Thank um... you, Steve. <laughs> <Have you now? laughs> That's uh, another bit of advice there that I'm leaking to Johnny. But yeah, Ben is excellent. And um, he he's um, he's always across uh, what when things might be rearranged. Um, let's move on to the, um, to the fixtures this week, uh, because it's uh, obviously, I say, six game week, uh, six fixtures this game week. Um, and uh, let's start with your team, John, Man United. They're away to yeah. Burnley. Um, who are you yeah. targeting? Well, I've had Bruno in for quite a while now. Uh, I, I, it took me a little bit longer than it should to get a Man United player in, given they're my team. But um, I've got Bruno in and I've had him for quite a while now. Um, and he's, he's going to stay. He's the most important person. He just, home or away, never fails to get points. But particularly away, he's the, he's, he's, he's the boy, right? So... He's, a, he's number one pick, um, but my team does have three Man United players in. Um, I do feel like we'll win that game. I feel like we're in a bit of form at the moment, that, particularly in the league. Um, we're on really, really, really good form. So uh, I've got Bruno Fernandes in, but there are a few players dotting around that, I, that I'm looking at that I think might make an appearance. Um, Marcus Rashford is someone that I've, I'm massively considering. He's... Quite highly priced for it, but he's, he's a midfielder. I think he's on a huge amount of form. He's looking like Golden Assist, looking really lively. So I'm thinking about him a lot. Um, depending on the on, on the fitness of, of the fullbacks, it might be Alex Tellers or Luke Shaw, depending on which one's fit. Well, Masaka's always a pretty steady option. But I think it'll be a defender and two midfielders from Man United, most likely, is, uh, is, is, is probably what's going to go. Being a Man United fan, I can't just by putting Martial in it. I just don't. I don't feel like he's uh, he offers me enough uh, chances for goals. It's interesting because last season I had him in for a long period um, when he was a midfielder, and uh, he 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 seemed to like you know every couple of weeks just score a goal, and it was um 
a nice little points uh, uh, accumulation over those weeks, and um, he's he's just not really done it this season so far. But there's a difference, isn't there, between the the, the interest in a player when they move from that midfield to forward position? Absolutely. Um, yeah, he's he, he like obviously you score less points, you're less likely to get bonus points. There's all of those um, those things that come. And there's only three of them. You can only have three. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think obviously the prize points this season. You know, we're talking about Rashford, um, Son, and Rashford are, are basically the only two midfielders that are in the nine million price range uh, this season. Which it means that if the Villa and Spurs game is called off, and you weren't going to put Rashford in, there's a really simple transfer there for you going for Son to Rashford nine point eight to nine point six. Um, like United have are on good form at the moment, but I think there's um, a couple of caveats I just want to throw in there. First of all, Man United have not kept a clean sheet away from home this season at all. And they've conceded two against Brighton, they've conceded two against Sheffield United. And if you're looking for differential options, especially up front, somebody who I tweeted out two days ago uh, is Chris Wood, who basically is a potential option. He, he's got a, an expected goals of six. He's scored three, which means he's not performing to the level he should be Burnley traditionally underperform in XG and that's an unexpected points as well so Chris Wood is totally underperforming amongst like the, the Burnley way of working uh, it's been going on for seasons so he's due to start probably firing at some point uh, and United don't keep clean sheets away from home so um, at 6.2 great great option um, and there's obviously the, the option of going for uh, Pope in, in goal who might offer big save points and obviously United will get a penalty so um, he might save that so <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey come on that's that might be the way Sorry. to go um, let's move on anyway to the next fixture uh, the next one is Manchester City versus Brighton so John what are you thinking there's there's, there's, there's a bit of a an idea of like whether you should be going for double City defence or double City attack what are you doing not sure but the way my team is currently set up um, is a double city attack. I'm going with um, KDB definitely um, based on the set pieces and things like that. Plus, like Pep Roulette always makes it a little bit hard, um, but also a little bit easy because there's only four or five players that are definitely going to start. Um, so I've got two good in midfield and one at the back. One's KDB, but 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 I might, but I might tweak. Um, but I, I'm feeling that the I feel like it's going to be a city white. I feel like it's going to be a lot of goals, and I want more attackers getting points for those goals. Yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, I, I'm to be to be totally frank about it. I, I'm currently set up with um, two city defenders and a midfielder, which is obviously Kevin De Bruyne. Um, there's serious doubts about Sterling after today. He didn't make the squad for the FA Cup tie against Birmingham. Uh, and he's apparently picked up a bit of a knock, so no one's quite sure whether he's fit or not. Um, Aguero apparently is now out with COVID, so he is an absolute no-no. So if you're thinking about him as a differential, don't. Um, Jesus and Walker were back, uh, so there are um, a couple of players that you might want to think about. But I guess with Cancelo op- occupying that right-back spot at the moment, Walker's a rotation risk in a way that you might not want to approach. The one Edison thing, made the bench today, though. Edison made the he, bench. He did. He he did. So I guess there's um there's, there's that, and uh, he he's another option as maybe a more safer a safer bet in that defence. 
if you want to. But I guess if you're going for total security, you probably would pick Diaz. Um, Stones didn't start today, who I know Johnny has in his um, in his main Regular. team, um, and is probably going to start because he was he was uh, benched this week in the FA Cup. So that's um, an option. He's obviously the cheapest defender that City have as well. Um, just to kind of give a bit of a caveat to Brighton, because we're talking about this is going to be like a total whitewash. Brighton are underperforming their ex- expected points by a huge amount. Like they're, they're, they're at the same level as Manchester United and Leicester at the moment in terms of what their points should be. They look good. When you see them, they can score goals. They've got a good attack. They've got a good defence. It's just not clicking for them at the moment. So like, there's, there's a longer term effect here with Brighton where if you write them off as whipping boys and somebody who pe- who somebody's going to knock five or six goals past, I think you're totally mistaken at the moment. Like, But they might be the anti-Burnley. Burnley don't do good st- statistically, um, but they get points. Brighton do great statistically, they get no points <laughs> compared to it. So well, you have to weigh that. But you have to weigh those things up. And I, d- I don't think Brighton are a whipping boy in this in this uh, in this league. So maybe not this league, but in this game they're out of their depth. City are in full throttle at the moment, and uh, without a dedicated striker, they are still looking more of an attacking threat than any other team for me. Yeah, and and I think that they're they're clearly like they've got the best defense in the league. They've got. Um, they're starting to hit full form. You know, they they battered Man United in the League Cup semi final. Uh, they uh, they did all right against Chelsea as well um, in the league, and they uh, obviously quite well against Birmingham uh, <laughs> today. So it's um, they they they're starting to hit full form now. Let's move on to the next yep. fixture before Johnny uh, punches me through these microphones. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the next one, and this is this has garnered a lot more interest. I think if you'd looked at this fixture three weeks ago, not many people would have been interested in assets from it. But uh, Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. Um, who are you looking at, John? It's it's a strange one, really, because the guy that um, everyone talks about is Zaha, right? Um, which I he's probably the biggest bone of contention in most fantasy football persons, uh, whether he's a good shot or not, and. I, I, I like him, right? I, I do. Um, I'm finding it hard to find a place for him, but but I might. Um, but particularly based on um, the fact that I didn't realise Sterling was an injury doubt. Thanks for that, Steve. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem with this podcast. I'm going to end up just giving um, away all of my prior research knowledge to Johnny. Yeah. And he's going to catch me up in the long term. Come on. Come on, why have a dog and bark yourself, eh? Um, and it, <laughs> but, but, I mean, look, it's, um, it, for me, like, when I watch him play, I just think he, he's, he's like Grealish in the sense that he just draws so many fouls. He, he, you know, he's, so every free kick and every penalty, um, there's, there's a, I assume there's quite a high percentage on, on him being the person that's getting taken down for it. He's just... Just so tricksy, like he, he just constantly gets taken down, which makes him an absolute assist merchant. And then, second to that, is that I know Pastor has scored a lot of goals, but every single goal they score, he's involved in it somehow. And inevitably, it's usually him assisting us or, or scoring, scoring himself. So, that, 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 that just makes him a good option for me um, to, to, think, to think about, um, albeit it's doing it against an Arsenal side in the last couple of weeks, which makes it a bit tougher. Um, so yeah, he's he's the obvious one to look at. 
Um, but he's the biggest bone of contention, right? But most most managers. Yeah, I mean, I'm a total sort of anti Zaha FPL manager. In the Boo! <laughs> <laughs> um, I always have been, and I think the first, this is the first season where I've ever really looked at him as an actual option because he's he's performing to his stats. He's um you know he he's he's just below his expected goals. Um, it, so he has suddenly become better, but he's playing more centrally and he's becoming a better player. Um, but I. And he's he's mid price, so if you want to go down that route, I think there's better options at that price. Um, yeah. But he's not my like he's 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 one of these players who, when you watch Crystal Palace play, and you don't own him, you fear watching him because he's so good. Like he's a great yeah. he's a great player, and he deserves to play for a top club. But he's not for me a fantasy Premier League asset, and that's the issue. Um. Just as like you know, a bit of a side note, and to make it a bit more light-hearted, uh, he's playing up front with Christian Benteke at the moment, who is um, sort of like the most um, statistical anomaly of any, maybe apart from David McGoldrick <laughs> of any striker going that he just like just does not finish good chances. Um, but I, you know, he's he's a good link-up striker now. He's changed his game. He's not the Villa striker who scored sixteen goals in a season. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's fun it's fun watching Benteke now because there's no expectation. Whereas it used to be the fact that he used to be the, the main man. He's definitely not the main man anymore. So um, don't pick him for your fantasy team, folks. Don't. Uh, but but if but if on, on the topic of cheap options though, the Crystal Palace strikers are good options, though, aren't they? Yeah. Ayu and Benteke are really cheap prices um, in a week where not many people are playing. So. I mean, whether they're long-term options or not, who knows? But, you know, if you're playing your free hit, maybe have a look. If you're not, maybe not. Absolutely. Um, let's move to just Arsenal, because obviously they've, they've, their form has changed in the last three games in a way that, like, nobody probably would have expected. Um, I think there's an interesting pick in Emil Smith-Rowe, who is probably Definitely. The, the cheapest starting midfielder now in the Premier League. But he's also... This is a very small sample size, so bear with me. But he's also got the fifth highest uh, expected assist of any midfielder in the Premier League this season, based on his minutes. Um, he's only played, I think, two hundred twenty-four minutes in the Premier League so far. So it's a small sample size. So that, that that's to be taken with a pinch of salt. But he obviously scored a midweek against Newcastle in the cup. Uh, not midweek, sorry, in at the weekend. Um, because you know that's where the FA Cup is played, uh, but yeah, there's there's there's, a, there's an interesting. If you want an, a midfield enabler, Smith Rowe's a great shout. Um, mm-hmm. And then just as a helpful replacement for Martelli, that Steve, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I, I put in uh, Gabriel Martinelli two weeks ago uh, to try and have a little differential that could bench if need needs be and especially in the double game week he's now crocked uh he didn't start in the last game week in fairness it got me six points from two fouls so it's fine uh but yes bad shout from steve but um and, and it's now ruined the fact that i have a have one transfer this week because i'm playing my free hit so that's an explanation of why you shouldn't maybe take a punt at a time when you're trying to be secure and thinking maybe about playing your bench boost next week, which we'll talk about in the podcast on Thursday. <laughs> um, two more quick ones on Arsenal uh, before we move on. Uh, Aubameyang is obviously going under the radar as you know a high-priced midfielder who is now playing centrally 
and was probably seen as like the best value player in the game right at the start of the season. Um, are you thinking about him, John? Uh, you know what? Um, I, I, I wasn't. And then today I kind of went, oh, yeah. I was like, well, he scored in the cup. And I was like, oh, yeah, Bemian. Um And it kind of felt like the perfect time to maybe think about him again, really, in a week where it has max amount of, uh, of, of value to do so. Like, I'm not dropping Salah to get him in, which is basically the, 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 the justification, right? You know. Um, so <laughs> I wasn't, but I am now. Um, plus, you know, thanks for the heads up on Sterling, that might be the replacement. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, and the other one I was going to mention was obviously Kieran Tierney, who's just been on fire. And if you've got the money, put him in. There's uh, he's he's an attacking slash defensive slash assist merchant. I think you like if you've got any um, if you've got if you're on a free hit this week, he's he's a great player to put in. So um, that's in my humble opinion. Uh, let's move on uh, quickly to Wolves versus Everton. Uh, I think a lot of people see this as like a dead game. There's not many people targeting assets. Who are you? Is anybody you're thinking about in this game, John? Yeah, um, DCL should be think to thought about, but ultimately I'm passing because I want to spend points elsewhere. Um, Dini, I think he's back, but don't think I'm going to put him in again. Too expensive. Rodriguez again want to, but don't think I'm going for him. But the one thing I'm actually being really, really serious about thinking about doing um, is doubling up the keeper choices um, and going uh, Pickford and Olsen, um, thinking that it's going to be a dead game. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's interesting picks here. I guess Everton are coming back to full strength, which is... Um, DCL has done well when Everton have been at full strength this season, but he's not done so well when they haven't. So um, whether those players are fit and ready to go is another matter. Um, on the Wolves front... There's a couple of interesting guys that you might want to look at. Um, Neto is obviously looking on fire at the moment uh, and passes the eye test, but I guess he's not quite produced the returns that maybe a lot of managers would expect from him so far. So he's one to kind of keep an eye on. He's cheap. Um, and the other is uh, a guy who I had earlier in the season, Roman Saiz, um, who just seems to love scoring in every single game that he plays in. Now that Kilman is uh, has been banished back to the back to the bench, so um, should we just do the sensible thing and say let's not talk about damage Rory given he hasn't scored a goal in over a year? Well, I, yeah, I, I mean that that was kind of my thinking really, but you know he did he obviously <laughs> Premier League goal he did he did score in the cup, but it was like from you know twenty five yards with his left foot. So I think um, the the idea he's going to do that every week is probably improbable. So. Yeah, don't pick a damager already. That sounds like he Johnson started cutting. He's yeah. yeah, he's he's basically like Zaha from um from five years ago. That is like no end product, but he's just interesting to watch. <laughs> um, one last thing, uh, just as like a, a note, don't pick Patrick Catrone. Um, he's um, I know you weren't, weren't thinking about him, and he wasn't on your radar, but just don't. Um, been looking at his stats at Fiorentina since he's been alone there. Not very good. Um, and like he, he looked like a great talent before he moved to Wolves, and it's just not worked for him. So, yeah, um, he is not going to fill that Jimenez void that you might be looking for in your life. Let's uh, let's move on to maybe what looks like the most boring fixture in Premier League history: uh, Sheffield United versus Newcastle. <laughs> what are you? What are you making? Goal fest. <laughs> Obvious goal fest. <laughs> um, 
uh, I mean, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because, like, I think it's going to be a little bit more interesting than people give it credit for because, um, and this is like where I tie very much into when I do play fancy football um, because I think that it's going to be more goals than we think, strangely enough. Because um, I think Sheffield are going to have a week, um, but they're going to go for it because they're desperate to get that mark. I think Newcastle are looking better at the moment. I'm a big advocate for seeing Andy Carroll get some more game time. And I'll, I'll talk about that a bit more <laughs> later. I think he's a really good shout in a strange little way. It's, um, the fact he played a lot of minutes in the cup didn't help, but he just looks so handy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely, you can't ignore Wilson, right? Takes penalty, 6.5, he's there. And there's also some really cheap defenders knocking about for Newcastle against a team that just can't score. So, um, not looking at any Sheffield United players at all. They're, for me, they're just a non-consideration team at the moment. But there's some, I think there's some bargains for points in the Newcastle team. Yeah, I think um, when you're looking at Newcastle defenders, like Yedlin and Clark are obviously in like recent starters. Lewis was at the beginning of the season. He might be back in time for that game. Um, who are all less than 4.5 um, as enablers. I guess probably bench enablers, you would probably imagine. As you say, Wilson, um, his goal percentage for Newcastle, like in, in goal involvement percentage is, uh, is through the roof. So um, he's probably the guy to pick if you're going to go for a striker. Uh, maybe not Andy Carroll. Don't, you know. But if you want to listen to Johnny, that's that's your uh, problem. Come on. But right, look, last Premier League, last Premier League game out, he got seven points <laughs> in about fifteen minutes. Imagine what he could do with ninety. Well, exactly. If you want to trust Johnny, you go ahead, have have fun, and enjoy Andy Carroll at what five point two, John is he? Five point two plus. If you do do it and nobody else does, imagine how much braggy rights you have. <laughs> <laughs> this this will eventually bring us on to the, the Simon Davis story, but we haven't got time for it today, so we'll uh, we'll save that for another <laughs> time. Um, so uh, tension loop. I'm going to have a I'm going to have a quick uh, a sort of like uh, argument towards Sheffield United. Um, Sheffield United are underperforming their expected points by 15 this season, so they should be on 17 points on the basis of that. Obviously, got two so far. Um, I think David McGoldrick has the ability to score a lot of points in one individual week. He's a bad long-term shout, uh, but if you're looking for somebody who um, is cheap and a bit of a bench filler, uh, he might be worth a punt. I sort of have the feeling that Sheffield United might get the first win in this game, uh, especially because of the Newcastle schedule recently and the fact that they've had such traumas with the old virus. Um Let's do the final fixture very quickly because it might be called off, so there's kind of no point in lingering on it. But um, if Aston Villa Spurs goes ahead, Johnny, who would you have in your team? Uh, Kane's on, definitely. Maybe Lloris. That is about it. Um, not looking at any Villa. Should look at Grealish. Probably should because he is class, but against Spurs, probably not going to. So if it goes ahead, Kane, Kane and Son, definitely. Um, but, but, but maybe Lloris. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've kept Kane and Son in throughout. I'm sort of even thinking in the double game week, I'm going to keep them both in because I think they might score points in that. So they're there for me. Um, and I also have, at the moment, in one of my drafts where this game goes ahead, both Grealish and Watkins, because I sort of see this might be a higher scoring game than many might appreciate. And Villa are just very good this season. Like, they've just turned around. Oh, yeah. Um, 
uh, from last season where they look like rele relegation fodder, they are just better. Um, okay, so that brings us perfectly on to um, predicting the scores for this week. So let's start with uh, Burnley Manchester United. Johnny, who do you think is going to win and why, by what score? 3 0 Man U, I reckon. Okay, I'm kind of in the bracket that I think United will probably win this game, but I'm going to go for 2 1. I think it's going to be a bit tighter. Second, Manchester City versus Brighton. I think this is a drub in uh, 4 0. Could be more. I'm going to go for 3 1. I think Brighton are going to get a, uh, a sneaky goal on the counter attack or maybe something from a set piece. Lewis Dunk, maybe, um, which doesn't go, which goes against my putting two City defenders in to make myself feel better. Uh, Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. 2-1 Arsenal. But I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go for um I'm gonna go for 2-0 Arsenal. Yeah, 2 I, I'm, I'm debating between 1 and 2-0, but 2-0 Arsenal. That's my final uh, final final decision. Um Wolves Everton. 1-0 Everton. I think this is gonna be a secret classic and I um I'm gonna go for two all. Wolves, Everton. Patrick Catrone, brace. Pac Patrick Catrone is going to come off the bench and do some special, special things. <laughs> uh, she Sheffield United versus Newcastle. 2-0, Newcastle. I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go 2-1 Sheffield United to pick up their first win of the season. And on the off chance that Aston Villa Spurs goes ahead, um, what do you think is going to happen? 3-1 uh, Spurs. I'm going to go for a score draw, one all, because I think Aston Villa are very good and um, Spurs will struggle to break down a relatively good Aston Villa mm -hmm. defence and will probably concede. Feel free to uh, troll us about this when the results are all wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, if you want to follow us on social media, which is a, a lovely link into this we are at 115 fouls fpl on twitter we are at 115 fouls fpl podcast on instagram uh so yeah if you want to go out and find us and uh, and see some bits and pieces that we have been tweeting and gramming please do follow us um so you can also find us at 115 folds um <laughs> just, just, just as an fyi Thanks, John. That's uh, yeah. If 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 that's how you want to if that's how you want to pronounce it, we're we're okay with that. Um. So I'm about to say the goodbyes, but I think I should probably end on a um, on a on a baby horse joke, really, on that basis, shouldn't I? Yeah, as long as it ties in Kevin Davis, I'm cool with it. Uh, it doesn't, but okay. Uh, so right. like, okay, <laughs> here, here's my only baby horse joke that I know. What do you call a baby horse in a tree? I don't know, Steve. Foliage. Um, good. Anyway, that's all we've got time Appreciate for. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening to the first ever edition of the 115 Fouls FPL podcast. Uh, we will be back later this week with some more wonderful content, as you can probably imagine from listening to this. We will try our best uh, to help you through the double game week 19 that is coming up. So, yeah, thank you for listening. I've been Steve. I've been Johnny. He got there in the end. And <laughs> <laughs> we will see you uh, next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.